0: talk show for all things automotive from the latest news to the greatest views and the biggest names in rolling iron your host is brett hatfield freelance auto journalist senior auction analyst for sports car market magazine and american car collector magazine writer and editor of readthedriven.com and owner of his own small but growing fleet of cool cars get behind the wheel of an hour of car talk starting starting right right now Now. in In the the driven Driven radio Show. show
1: You can find us at readthedriven.com on iTunes, Acast, Stitcher, Google, Kmart, Walmart, Venture, <laughs> if you can
0: find one that's still open. We're down on the corner. We're trying to sell Girl Scout cookies. It's good to be back, also. We're, uh, we that's missed right. That New that's Year's right. one. And thank you. I'm so sorry that I was sick. I'm still a little under the, the uh, weather. I've been no, coughing like the, crazy. You got oh. that super sexy Barry White voice going try, on now. I'm trying to keep my friendly voice going right now, but it does every once in a while drop oh, yeah. down. And, you know, being in radio, it's like I, I refuse to record anything with my voice down that low yeah. because I'll never get there again for another three years. And I
1: first thought when I heard you in the studio tonight Tom Waits gargling hot asphalt.
0: I know it's a stolen joke, but it's a great joke. That's why it's stolen. And it's pretty accurate.
1: Uh, anyway, uh, you can find us all over Facebook, Twitter, uh, Dr- Twitter at Driven Radio Show, on Instantgram, Instagram. 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 Uh, Just both, add alcohol. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I, i'm looking forward to that uh on read the driven or driven radio show i am brett hatfield i'm here with mark l groves Yo. and uh i'm hoping we see mr cory sneaking through the door here in a minute cory pratt will be here
0: at some moment and will suddenly appear magically oh yes and we'll we'll get to have he will yeah. arrive at the perfect time that he's supposed to be here uh, absolutely <laughs> hey uh
1: this week we got news about sony Oh, Sony made a car. And uh, we have a story from the It's Not the End of the World, but we can see it from here file. (laughs) Let's
0: get into it. Let's do this. Oh,
1: good grief. Okay, so when you think of Sony, you think of Walkman, uh, if you're old enough. Uh, Vio laptops, Bravia TVs, PlayStations, all that stuff. They have on display at CES this week a a car that they have built called the Vision S. Oh. And it's a very sleek EV. It's electric, obviously. Uh-huh. Uh Highly advanced autonomous driving system. Hopefully it doesn't run into uh, park cop cars like the one in the Tesla.
0: <laughs> Oops, but it'll sound great when it hits it.
2: <laughs> I was just in the backseat with my dog.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Good God! And was uh, <laughs> the dog happy? Uh, anyway, it was cre- created primarily to showcase what Sony can bring to the uh, bring to the table in terms of automotive technologies, and it's it's been it's uh, a sh- they, it's a show card developed in collaboration with Nvidia, Continental, Bosch, ZF, and Qualcomm. Qualcomm. Yeah, well-known car maker. Yeah, well-known well, well known car maker. <laughs> I Qualcomm. remember
0: driving my Qualcomm to my first dance in high school. Now, Continental and ZF, I
1: guess. ZF does transmissions and transaxles. Yeah. for Bosch. And you Bosch, know, they yeah. do Euro car parts for just about everything European. It's like Cerner Corp. <laughs> yeah,
3: but uh, uh,
1: you know, Sir S- 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 Corp and uh, Mister Fick- Mister Fix's Electronics
0: Hut down the street. Uh, Finally, a- Radio Shack. Oh, it's an all in one deal. They just
1: they just missed their window. They just missed their window. All
0: you need is five gallons of gas and a soldering iron.
1: Oh, I miss Radio Shack. <laughs> Uh, Anyway, uh, the zero-emission sedan is equipped with no fewer than 33 sensors to detect people and objects, not just outside the car, but also inside the four-seat car. there you go. And Sony didn't go into too many details about the technical specs, but it did mention that the Vision S has a pair of 268-horsepower... Electric motors enabling a zero to 62, a zero to 100 kilometer time of uh, 4.8 seconds, which is really getting it because well, that's not too bad. Yeah,
0: that's just a couple ticks slower than my GTO. It'll make you look like the guy in the old, what is it, Max L tape? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Posters. Oh, yeah, it's just best is it poster real. Ever. <laughs> yeah, or, Memorex. <laughs> or, or
1: is it your new Sony Walkman car?
0: Well, that's pretty cool. Okay, I could call it a carman. <laughs> Ah, uh, old school. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe.
1: Uh from the side the thing has more than a passing resemblance <gasps> of the uh, Tesla Model 3. Yeah. If you didn't I, you know, I even pulled up the pictures cuz I'm thinking that looks really familiar and then I looked at it and I was like, "Geez, man, uh, you guys couldn't come up with anything new." But everything's shaped kind of Ovid anymore anyway. They also teamed up with Magnus Steyr, manufacturers of the Toyota Supra, BMW Z4, and the Mercedes G-Class to get the car's platform. So uh, Sony didn't say what the chances are, if any, of transforming the concept into a production vehicle, but... They got the idea in their
0: heads. Got that story from Motor1.com.
1: Yeah, and uh, if you want to take a look at the pictures, aside from the Snap Boy, that looks like a Model 3. Yeah, it does. It, it really, does. really does, which also brings up something else. Electric car manufacturers, and we're starting to see, you know, Tesla's obviously the, really the biggest, but we're starting to see more and more electric cars. Do you think that we're just going to see a real generic electric car? car and this is the cookie cutter that ever you know it's going to be 13 different variations do you think
0: we're kind of almost all already there because since what 2014-15 pretty much every semi-economy car looks like a oh, frigging yeah. camry yeah yeah they, they uh, all look I, I, the same
1: i think we are very much there and it's also a go to the uh, mid-engine motor exotic stuff everybody talking about the new corvette looks like this or looks like that yeah or looks like a cross between this and that hey all those exotics do look
0: scarily similar well and maybe we've gotten to the point where we're just so saturated uh, you know, that we've seen just about damn near everything that can be done. True. Uh, and lots and lots and lots of them. But then, you know, people get kind of freaky when uh, something comes out that is completely different, like the, uh, the Tesla That's truck. That's truck, yeah. Yeah, because that thing just looked, that, that was not like anything I had seen yet. No, it looked like crap out of Tron from the 80s. <laughs> but, it looked like a movie prop, but, but it freaking ran. But, but because it
1: was so different i took one look at that and i thought okay one this is going to be really polarizing and two I'll drive the sucker.
0: Give oh, dude, shot. I am so in. Yeah, the attention that thing would get. I always like the big old, you know, mid-60s uh, beast cars, part because they're fun, and then the other part because the looks you get. Well, it's like, it, what the hell is that? And if you I'm don't in. like that
1: stainless finish, what do you got? You got four flat slabs on the whole truck. You could get the thing wrapped in a heartbeat.
0: But <laughs> I hadn't thought about that, how easy that would be to wrap. <laughs> yeah, you roll
1: a Cybertruck into a wrap station. Guys that usually need your car for two days, hey, we'll be done in 45 minutes. Why don't you go get a burger? <laughs>
0: It's true. <laughs> so uh, no, I
1: I drive one. It looked kind of compelling, and yeah. the fact that they offered it with an electric forerunner, uh, uh, an electric oh, ATV. Dude. Yeah, sure. Why yeah, not? I'm Let's, in. I'll try try two. that out. That looks like fun. <laughs> righty. Now, from the promised, it may not be the end of the world, but you can see it from here, department. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I I, I I want this, but I don't. Yeah. I, <laughs>
0: I really don't know what to think of this. Well, go ahead. It uh, looks like uh, next time you take Uber, uh, it might be driven by George Jetson. <laughs> Hyundai has a concept for a fully electric air taxi. Fully electric <laughs> air taxi. Now, you can fit nah. up to four passengers, which no. I... Uh, you know, the intent is for it to be human piloted, but of course... There is the idea is that in in, in the years. future, uh, it'll be a self fly, flying plane taxi. Can <laughs> Hun- Hyundai and Uber have announced that they're teaming up to develop the uh, the electric air taxi. So,
1: can we pull out the giant bag full of bad ideas?
0: Because <laughs> this may be king. First award oh my <laughs> for good. oh my god, this is going to end badly. Uh, the electric air taxi. It's meant to cruise at speeds up to 180 miles per hour. So <laughs> you could get to the store. Pdq uh, altitudes of 1,000 to 2,000 feet. And then if you uh, there's a quote from executive vice chairman. Oh, my God. I should have. I should have. <laughs> Mr. Chung. Um, Quote. That's the oh, no, no, Hyundai no, no, executive. I'll, I'll no, take, don't do it. Don't do it. It's I'll not worth it. I'll take a stab it. at it. It's not worth it.
1: I'll don't. take a stab at it. It's just Mr. Chung. Oh, come on. Navy linguist. Give me a shot here. Ah.
0: Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, I'm going to go with Uison sure you i'm gonna go with mister okay uh, sir that the automaker expects to have air taxis flying around metropolitan skies by 2028 i mean you know when i first saw that number wow. i was also like that's our in the future no it isn't this is 2020 that's eight years from now and the last eight years just flew by that is not that far away okay uber okay. plans to have its uh ride sharing program uh launched by 2023 so driven 2023 driverless 2028 what the hell okay um, let's start with this anybody checked with the faa uh, i'm sure they've got some butter being spread on those slices of bread oh yeah so uh it uses now the interesting thing the design concept it's supposed they're pushing innovation and development so yeah. we're probably giving them exactly what they want which is buzz and it'll never come to anything, but uh, it's about uh, developed for wing design, noise, aerodynamics, and uh, the simulation verification to make sure that it's all right. That uses distributive, distributed electric propulsion and several small rotors. So basically, it's a kind well. Of a, if one engine goes, it'll balance, and the others will yeah. take over. That's yeah. Uh, you can hope, or the the amount of screaming will be pushing air. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. Hey, hey it, it comes
1: with a barf bag. It comes with a pair of pens. Um, hey, do you remember last year when you and I talked about uh, Amazon was toying with the idea of doing drone deliveries? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And and I said, hey, great. Skeet shooting with prizes. Uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, FAA. Just kidding. Well, if
1: if this goes over, which I have huge doubts. I think we're a long way away from getting this done. Yeah. But if this goes over, how long before they turn that into large drone? Delivery packages, small drones
0: dock from the mothership to drop stuff off of people's doorsteps. I, I don't see why not. They've already got those little uh, uh, autonomous delivery vehicles that go around. They There are uh, university campuses. There's a friend of mine. I think it's George Washington University in uh, Washington, D.C., where they have these little kind of things that look. Oh, God, I forgot the name of the movie, but it looks like the little robots from this movie That's just take two trash square trash cans, smoosh them together, Wall-E. put some wheels. Oh, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a Wally. Okay. Um, and it rolls around and it will deliver food. You're kidding me. They stick it in there and it goes, and goes and finds the address. And you're like, oh, look, there's my buddy. And I think you slide a credit card into it and you uh, get oh out my your Lord. lunch. Oh it's, uh, my Lord. I, I think that's just cool AF. Uh, I think it's awfully fun. I just, I, I think it's more gimmick. than Sure, sure. But we're getting there, dude that's the thing we're getting there ai
1: can't be too far behind this stuff's coming (laughs) Hey, uh, listen, I think somebody's be, here. That's the Corey
0: alert. Yeah, that's, And on
1: that, we should wrap this up. <laughs> we absolutely should. Hey, our special <laughs> guest this week, uh, Gary Bennett of the Lake Collector Car Auctions, and also he works for Ritchie Brothers. Uh, he'll be here to talk about Lake's inaugural Scottsdale sale that's oh, coming up next sweet. week. I will be down there covering that. Nice. Uh, what it takes to organize an auction at a new venue. And uh, they've got the John Stilupi, uh Cars oh, of Dreams dude. collection. 114 cars. That Mopar I sent you, earlier yes. today was part of that collection
4: we'll,
0: we'll have to mention that i'll have to do yeah, it just a little
1: I kind of figured that'd make your gum sweat also <laughs> a little later john craman uh, the consignment director for mecham auctions back-to-back auction interviews uh, john will be with us talking about the mecham Kissimmee auction it is the single largest collector car auction all year long moving 3,500 units across the block in a little over a week. Talk about a field of dreams. If you sell it, they will come. Yeah, absolutely. And John will be here to tell us about what's going on there. And uh, you know that uh, the Bullet Mustang is coming up in just a couple of days. It'll probably have gone just about the time the show posts. And also that uh, Challenger 2 uh, Streamliner, their world speed record car that Mickey Thompson drove and then his son Donnie drove. And uh, that thing set a speed record in 2018 for piston-driven cars, Uh 448 mile-an-hour average. Well, that'll clean your sinuses.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Two giant Hemi V8s running nitromethane. Oh, baby. Yeah, and he'll be with us here in a little bit, too. So we'll be right back with lots more on Driven Radio. And Corey. Here at Driven Radio has something that they do outside of the show, believe it or not. <laughs> Hard to believe. Difficult to believe. Difficult to believe that we're qualified to do anything outside of the show. Do and. That.
0: Uh, Mark, for example, has a company called Magnificent Cowlick Media. Magnificent Cowlick That's media. my baby. It's a little bitty, uh, more or less media company where I, I've been in radio for ebbs and I write and voice and produce audio commercials, audio, pretty much anything, whether it's uh, talking, you know, about a company's uh, equipment. You need some voiceover about your equipment that you can apply to a video that you put on the web. Boom, I'm there for you. That's one of the things I do I do the writing of commercials and plus I even have uh, kind of a publishing business so if you look on... Now that's uh, one thing most people don't know about you you are published more than a couple times. Yeah we've uh, myself and I've been very lucky to work with some incredibly talented writers here in the uh, Midwest region and we have put out some books that are dark fiction, fun to read anywhere from like funny but kind of weird to terrifically scary. Oh my man Write some Aww. scary books. Magnificent Cowlick Media. If you look it up on Amazon, then uh, you will be able to find us, Magnificent Cowlick Media. So that's what I do, and thank you for asking.
1: Hey, uh, you know, we've got Gary Bennett with us this week. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, Gary it works for Ritchie Brothers and Lake Auctions. Uh, Lake was established in 1964 as a first collector... collector car- Want me to try that again? First collector car auction company in the United States. (laughs) Easy for you to say. Uh, That makes it the oldest collector car auction company. And after being acquired by Ritchie Brothers, uh, Ritchie Brothers is a global asset management company, and they uh, specialize in heavy equipment auctions. Uh, After being acquired by uh, Ritchie Brothers in January of 2018, Lake has gone on to become the largest uh, collector car auction company with a potential buyer base of 3.9 million registered users. Yeah, you combine that (laughs) with the online coverage provided by Iron Planet, and you have a juggernaut in the collector car industry. Tonight, we have Gary with us. Gary has been working his little tail off down in Scottsdale because Lake is about to premiere their inaugural Scottsdale auction during uh, Arizona car week down there. And I will be down there next week to care to cover that. Hey, Gary, thanks for being back with us on driven radio.
4: Oh man, I'm just excited to be here. This is awesome. I mean, we are working our tails off. Uh, Muffy's not with me. She was supposed to be, Uh, but she's, she is literally back in the office. uh, And, uh, a meeting that there been some changes in the tax laws and we're making sure we're doing everything we should do and i so, know
1: uh, and i know you've given yeah, us just yeah. a little bit of your time because as soon as we're done you gotta scoot and go talk to a bunch of corvette heads and i will apologize on their behalf
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes i am on my way to do that but uh, it, it, you know what we were at a function last night it is a council here in the valley of the uh, the Council of Car Clubs, all the car clubs in the Valley join this council, and the heads of those organizations all meet once a uh, quarter, and they sit down and talk about what's going on in the car world, and they've got a guy that follows legislation that could affect collector cars. It's wonderful. We were there, and I made a presentation to that group last night, and it was, it was a good it's that time of the year. Nice. We are busier than one paper hangers, paper in a chapel, but we're really happy. Let me just say that.
1: Well, that kind of dovetails into my first question for you, and it is, have you slept this month?
4: <laughs> no. That's an easy question to answer. Absolutely not. We go to bed earlier than we've ever gone to bed, and then we wake up about 1 o'clock, and your brain starts again, and you're back. You might as well just get up and go to the office.
1: Oh, my That's, Lord. You
4: know, think about all the things you have. No, it's okay. It's a good thing. Um... The thing that's really crazy about what we're doing—we've got this huge organization behind us—and and we're struggling with how to to utilize it. I mean, it, we've got this powerful machine at our disposal, if you will. Uh, yet, because we're so the culture that we came from was all about do it yourself—you know, everybody wears multiple hats and all that kind of stuff—and and a lot of our challenges are self-inflicted, and uh, we just have gotten to where we just we just. It's there, and it's up to us to take advantage of it, and we aren't doing a very good job of that. And that's shame on us for that. But uh, it's a process, and we'll have to learn how to work through that.
1: Well, there's a learning curve with everything. Uh, would you say that's been your biggest hurdle so far?
4: There's no question. Uh, it has been all that. I mean, the integration between what we are doing as a small company, uh, not company, but family-owned business, which Lake was, to be to being part of a global uh, publicly traded company has been an interesting transition for everybody, both sides of the equation. I mean, they're, they're having to learn how we do things because it's very different than what they do and the way they do it. And, and, and the, I'm going to overly simplify it uh, for our audience, but the, what they do worldwide is they liquidate assets people that need them. In other words, if, you, if you've got a contract to build, to redo Interstate 10, and you've got to start next week, you need to buy the equipment to do because you don't want to buy it last week and instead it just sitting there waiting. And so you need that. You need it now. And in our world, it's real simple. Nobody needs anything we do. They want it.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah. I'm over to simplifying, but that's absolutely the truth. It's been hard for some of the Richie Brothers people to kind of get that concept. Sure. That's what they do the 800 pound gorilla in that world. I mean, nobody in the world sells equipment like Richie Brothers does. Sure. But um, and, the, and the cars. I mean, Fred, you and I have had this conversation. I can't tell you how many car auctions in my life I've gone to and didn't know I wanted to buy a particular car until I saw. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes
1: sense. <laughs> had had that problem uh, a couple times, and uh, we're going to circle back to that in a little bit. Um, so, aside from, well, th- there have been some some legal issues that we're not going to discuss here, oh. uh, certainly not now. But uh, what other unexpected challenges have you run into?
4: Well, I think. I think the fact that we're doing something for the first time in this community is always a big deal because we want to do everything right. And we're trying to, that's, that's, that's the Ritchie brothers way. And it's the Gary Bennett and Muffy Bennett way as well. But having said the light boy, but having said that, we want to be sure we're in compliance with all the things that need to be in compliance of. So we're, we're getting indoctrinated in the community and then we're on, a, we're on a new site. Brett, and you're going to see that. I mean, it, it's, And we don't know what we don't know until we experience
0: it. (laughs) Until you know you don't know it. (laughs) Yeah,
4: yeah, we don't. And so we we just literally, um, we literally are babes in the woods at this thing. But I think I will say this. We've done everything we know how to do to be prepared. And, uh, you know, we're dotting all our I's, crossing our T's twice, and doing everything we possibly can. (laughs) Uh, We still are going to have things jump up and... Bite us in the butt, if you will. Well, that's kind of um, like,
0: that's show business, because part of this is show business, and there's always something that's going to surprise you. Always. And something that's going to go wrong, but the show must go on. The other thing is,
1: uh, you've been in the auction business for a long time, and you've also lived in Scottsdale for a long time, so you're not completely blind to everything that's cool. been going on. It's just a new venue with this company.
4: Well, that's true, and, and 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 every everyone on our team has been in that same place. I mean, we've all been... But nothing's new. Even with a company that's been around for nearly 50 years, every time we go into an event, there were things that were going to happen that you had not anticipated. That's just the nature of the beast. And you said earlier, part of what we do is indeed entertainment. And as a result, you know, you're dealing with the public, you're dealing you're dealing with people drinking alcohol, adult beverages, if you will. <laughs> you're, you're dealing with all the components that go with that. And then you're dealing with big money at the end uh-huh. of the day these cars aren't cheap no. and 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 then you've, got, then you've got emotions you've got you know I, i've got to have that i had one just like that when i was a kid i've been looking for one all my life here it is and you know i've got to buy this thing and look i'm sorry but you only have a bid limit of fifty thousand dollars and this is you know you just paid two hundred thousand dollars for a car you've got to <laughs> and, and and you've got to have those conversations and and you know it's funny that makes me think of a story i was at a sale in las vegas and there was a guy who literally guys spent his bid limit looking for his seat he had a hundred fifty thousand dollar bid limit and while the ringman came up and said gary there's a guy down there i think he's been drinking he's looking for his seat he's already over his bid limit what do i do and i said let me go talk to him Run down talk to him explain what was going on and he says gary let me just call my banker right now you talk to him guys, I don't know who's on the other end of that phone.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I,
4: so I told him that wouldn't work. But but anyway, I sit there and realize he hadn't been drinking. He was, he was completely sober. He tried to do everything he could uh, to accommodate my request. And so long story short, he said, Gary, I want to buy this car coming up. Can I do that? And I said, well, if you'll promise me that you'll have me a new bank letter in the fax machine in the morning, absolutely. And he said, that will be done. You'll have it. Guys... He bought two million dollars worth of cars at oh. that, that sale. The next morning, I had a five million dollar bank letter hanging out of the fax machine.
0: Oh, wow! Oh, wow! <laughs>
4: wow!
1: That's it's that's too bad. <laughs>
4: thing in the world, it really is <laughs> unbelievable. So, and, I, and, and we laughed because at one point, I never will forget talking to one of my colleagues there about this whole thing. About what to do with him? Did I, you know, did I need to ask him to leave? What, what am I going to do? So he kind of went from homeless to the penthouse because the next day, <laughs> he's you never know what's going to happen. No, and yet you've got to deal with all of it real time and and do the best you can. And and because of the personalities, you, you know, we all have we all have sensitive egos and things. And you don't embarrass anybody or do anything. And the last thing you want to do is lose a customer forever. Yes, yeah. and. Uh, so it's, it's all about how you approach the problem and how you deal with it, and, and uh, hopefully you, you make the right decisions and move forward. It would have been really bad for me if I let him do that, and he hadn't had that letter of credit come in the morning and buy the rest of those cars.
1: Yeah, no kidding.
4: You've got a
0: got his police report. B.I. scan.
4: <laughs> and we're kind of, kind of off the topic, the subject, but at the end of the day, that's you know you have all those kind of things happen in this business, and, and, and here we are, the new guys in town, well, and, and, and we're honored to be that because we picked up so, so much momentum and, and to be honest with you, people are so excited that we're here and, and our hope is that we can, we can provide a good option for everything else that's going on there are eight auctions in the Valley this next week well and, and that,
1: uh, that's something I wanted to ask you about, there are several auctions happening at the same time uh, down there during uh, Arizona Car Week what is it that sets Lake apart?
4: Well, I, I hope it's simple I, I, I think it's the way we're going to treat the people. Um, a lot of other businesses are take, they, they aren't doing a good job of taking care of their customers. And, and this is a customer uh, service business in my opinion. And, and to me, it's really simple. In, a, in the auction business you have the most the most important component of that is your consigner. If you don't have consigners, you don't have a business, literally. If you don't have the cars, or if you're selling jewelry or art, whatever it is, if you don't have people consigning those items, you have nothing to sell. And, if you, and when you get those, in my world, and it's cars, if you have good cars, and in this case, because of the Salupi collection, some of the things we've worked so hard to, to get together, we have people coming from everywhere who want to buy these cars. So that will attract the second most important component, which is the buyer. And then I'm. Then I would argue that every consigner, because he has a car at one time or another, has been a buyer and probably still is. So the consigner is the simple, most important component of our business. So to me, it's it, it's been my experience in this industry that nobody has done a good job of making the consigners feel important or appreciated, and that is our focus to take care of those guys. And if we're good at that, the rest of this will take care of itself.
1: We're speaking to you, uh, Gary Bennett, general manager of Ritchie Brothers Collector Car Sector and also uh, uh, one half of the uh, powerhouse couple that's spearheading the lake auction in Scottsdale next week. Uh, Tell us about the auction site. Where are you holding the sale?
4: We are at Salt River Fields, which is the training camp for... um, the arizona diamondbacks and the colorado rockies and it's right off of the the 101 and indian Bend. uh people that are from this part of this area probably can tie that associated with uh, the pavilions which is a huge shopping complex that holds the largest car show longest running car show in the country every saturday and except on Christmas Day, if Christmas falls on Saturday, there's a car show in that parking lot. And it ranges from a few hundred cars to actually a couple of thousand. And uh, huh. so we're right there. We're, we're, we're in the center of where there's a lot of cars, a lot of activity, and it's wonderful.
1: You're in Collector Car Mecca. So Yeah, really. We au- there's, a, there's a rumor going around that you may have uh, snagged some of the top auctioneers in the country for this. Who's coming back with you?
4: Well, I, I think they are the top auctioneers. I've got Spanky and Amy Asseter and John Nichols and that team. And I worked with them in my previous life uh, <laughs> for, for, for 17 years. And, and I believe well not 17, 15. And I believe they're the best collector car team in the business. And, and I've seen them do amazing things. Uh, it, it, an example of this is that Spanky's team, if someone's in the audience, they're bidding on a car and they shake their head and or put their hand across their throat like they're, you know, an indication they're done, they, re- they don't leave that potential buyer. They, they wait until the item is sold because clearly that person that was bidding has expressed an interest in it and he may change his mind. To me, that guy, and that's Spanky's guys, they're salesmen. The other guys that I've seen doing this, someone shakes their head or puts their hand across their throat in that same deal, they walk away. That's an order taker. Sure. And that's why they aren't getting money they used to get, and Spanky's team does. And, of course, Spanky's, I think, the best thought. it Spanky could have been an evangelist. He could have made, <laughs> made he, made, he, could make money, he can make money with his mouth. I mean, it's unbelievable. Uh, I've, se- I've seen him pass a hat, guys. And raise $10,000 for a charity.
0: Nice. Good grief.
4: I mean, he gets up there and starts talking,
0: and I swear to God, you want to go up front and get saved. It's unbelievable. <laughs> In a
1: Chrysler. <laughs> and, and, and I have to I have to ask you about this now. Mark is just about out of his skull. I started showing him some of the uh, Mopars that you've got going through the sale down there. Oh, there's a sweet baby that needs uh, me so bad. Yeah, I know.
0: I know. I, and, can I auction my soul? <laughs> <laughs> It's barely been used. Yeah. <laughs> There's a 59 Chrysler 300E hard top.
1: Well, and, it's, and oh. that's what we're driving at. It's part of the Stalupi collection, yes. and I wanted you to tell us all about that. How did you manage to land that 114 car collection, and tell us about some of the highlights that are in that.
4: Well, John, John and I have been friends since we met in Palm Beach in 2004. And it's one of those things, I, I guess over time, I've earned his respect and... Uh, He certainly earned mine, and we have a great relationship. And he has sold his collection twice before. Uh, But he he has this incredible facility there in Palm Beach, and and each time he does it, he changes the scene and goes with a different group of cars or something. And and he, he loves buying the cars. He loves displaying them. He's got a facility that's set up like a community. He's from New York it's got a nathan's hot dog stand in it i mean (laughs) he's got he's got a soda fountain he's got a barber shop he's got a police department he's got a fire department he's got a (laughs) and that's just in that chrysler i mentioned (laughs) (laughs) that's in the trunk cars are like they're they're in that community on that on those streets it's unbelievable and and so he's he's he he loves to buy the cars he loves to sell the cars he loves to (laughs) put this all together and make it be something remarkable, and it is unbelievable. And, and and this particular time, his plan was to do nothing but 50s and 60s convertibles. And and he, he pretty much stuck with that. I mean, um, this group of cars runs from a 29 Oakland all the way up to a New Demon. But he's, the majority of the cars are 50s and 60s convertibles, and one of the things that he really loves is these letter Chryslers. You look Guys, like he... he has.
0: Hallelujah and amen. Yeah,
1: you look like he, Mark's looking at the at the the cars on our uh, computer here, and he looks like he just got wistful. You should have seen him; he, he teared up. Well, the, the
0: fifty nine Chrysler is like, I I need you, I need you in my life. And then yeah. I, I stumbled on the nineteen sixty Chrysler three hundred F convertible, like you were just talking about yeah. the convertibles, and I'm like, oh my god, take me home. Yeah, I'm gonna be your kid. Yeah. <laughs>
4: And guys, you, you both know I've gotten been blessed with the opportunity of seeing a lot of cars. And I've seen a lot of collections. I mean, I dealt with Ron Pratt when he sold his collection, and I had some amazing cars. And there are some, yes, phenomenal, he did. Collections around, there are some phenomenal collections around the country. Well, I will tell you, John Salupi's it doesn't take second place to anybody. He's right up there with those guys. And the quality of this group of cars is probably the best quality I've ever seen. Uh, I've got one of his cars is and if you look here you'll see a 60 edsel convertible and it is those are not very popular cars
1: hang on mark scrambling yeah i'm
4: trying (laughs) i'm looking man keep talking i'm gonna be there they're not particularly popular they weren't popular when they were new and they're still not popular today but there's an edsel club and all that but at the end of the day they're not they're not like a a letter chrysler if you will and um Having said that, this particular car has probably had between 150 and 200 thousand dollars spent on its restoration. Wow! Oof! It is unbelievable. I guarantee it wasn't this nice new. And then you look at <laughs> that and go, "Wow! Somebody really loved souls And but I want to go back to the Chrysler's real quick. And, and the guys, this is Mark. This is going to make you happy. Oh yeah! He's got a fifty. 50- <laughs> three hundred C. There, it's a white car with tan interior. Oh. It's serial number one. Oh my God!
3: Holy moly.
4: Oh, that's insane!
1: I think you're going to have to give Mark a moment. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you <laughs> need a
0: little time, <laughs> we'll Sunshine? Take a quick break. I think I just got religion. <laughs> oh, there's the fifty-seven it's Chrysler three hundred C. Oh my
4: it's God! Early- hey, look at that. It's such a early production car. And Brent, you'll see it when when we're together. Brett, I'm sorry. It, it, you'll see when we're together, the seats are not adjustable in that car. It's such an early production car, they do not move.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's fantastic. You open, are you okay? <laughs> when,
4: you hood, when you open the hood, most 300Cs, everyone I've ever seen, I've owned a couple, have only one hood fastener in the center. This one has two, and they're in the corners of the hood. I mean it's it's unbelievable. So basically
0: you gotta hug it to pop that hood. I'm so I, in I, I don't think that's gonna be a problem for you. Uh,
3: no doubt.
1: All right, well I'm taking over now. Mark's sitting in his own sauce. I
0: just Oh, that is beautiful. Wow. So
1: out of all the cool stuff that's there, uh the Stoop collection, all the other feature cars and everything, what would you have for your own? I'm
4: not keen on the color, but I like that three hundred E. That, 300E, mm-hmm. that, uh, that bur- kind of a burgundy or rust colored convertible. That is a car. you got the fins, you got the, the, the dash. I mean, it is unbelievable. And he's got a 58-bottle convertible
3: yes. high
4: power. That it, and he's got, then next to it, he's got a black, red interior 59 Buick Electra 225 401 mailhead oh. in it. I mean, it's it, 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 you can't. I, I couldn't pick one, guy. But he also has I a pair of
1: fifty-three go. Buick Skylarks.
4: <laughs> and,
1: yeah, and, and he's got a yeah. white one with a red and white interior, and a red one with a red and white interior. Yeah, his that. Mind. Uh, you know, it, and, and then
4: Corvettes. He's got Corvettes.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Now, now we've crossed <laughs> we've crossed the final line here, buddy. Uh, what are you selling from your personal collection there?
4: Oh my. Uh, I've got a 65 Corvette that I bought. I was a second owner in 1965. I wasn't the original owner, but I bought it in 65. I was single and uh, got married the same year in college, working, having a job, doing all the stuff you do back then. And my car payment was uh, $96 a month and my rent was 53 That was my priorities and they had not change in my
0: life. I was young once uh, too. <laughs>
4: my got married, had my first child, that I kept that car until nineteen seventy one. I mean, literally guys, we took the kids. My son was born in sixty seven, my daughter was born in sixty six and they put they we just put them in the back and they flopped around back there. They hit the bulkhead if you gave it the gas, they hit the back of the seats, put on the brake. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that was our family car. And uh, <laughs> It's it's a 365 horse coupe, and that's all blue with blue interior. Uh, knockoff five, knockoff wheels, whitewall tires. Uh, it, and I sold it to a guy that I knew in 1971. And I bought a, I bought a family car, if you will. Anyway, um, I I'm sitting in my office 41 years later, and my phone rings, and I get this guy. Scary. This is John Bishop. John, I get a lot of calls. I'm sorry. What's what are we what What's going on? He said, well, maybe you remember me. I've got your 65 Corvette. And mm. I remembered that. Oh, wow. And he said, I want to sell it. I want to sell it. Do you want to buy it back? Yeah. You, anyway, <laughs> I, I,
1: you told him you'd give him the same money for it, too, didn't you? <laughs> it,
4: was, it, was, it was still in Oklahoma. I'm from Tulsa. And uh, it was still there. And I had Roy signer. Roy's a great friend of mine. has been since 67. He knew this car when I had it. We both went to, out of school, went to work for the same company, and it was my work car, and only car we had, actually. Anyway, uh, he, he, I said, Roy, would you go look at it? And so he did, and he said, Gary, it's just exactly like it was when you had it. He said, the engine's never been out of it, the transmission, everything's just like so We, it, The guy thought I was shot in the rear end with gold nuggets, I think, because it took us <laughs> a year to negotiate the deal. That
0: a deal. boy, Roy. Now,
4: but I but I got it back. And I've had it now for six years, and and I don't drive it enough, and it's time for me to share it with somebody else.
1: There you go. Mark, let me tell you real quick about this car, because you've heard me describe my dream Corvette more than a couple times. Yeah, when they said the the Nassau Blue and all that. Nassau Blue, blue interior, knockoff wheels, high horse 327, four-speed car. Sound familiar? Yeah. Uh, So I know what you're going to bid on. Well, uh, what I was going to ask Gary is if he'll take a kidney and trade. (laughs)
4: You know, I did, I'd like to give it to you. If I could, I would. Muffy would kill me. But, like, <laughs> me. I'm, I'm going to make it worse, guys. It's got the N11 off-the-road exhaust out the back. It doesn't have side pipes, but it's oh. got this most incredible exhaust system on it, from the factory out the back. Yeah, it and it makes very,
1: very amazing. pretty sounds. Blue, blue,
4: blue, it blue, blue, is a beautiful blue, blue. sound. And, and oh. uh, it's funny. When I got the car back. I told Muffy about this car. You know, we've been together for 20 years. I told her about this early on in our relationship, and I told her I loved that car because in Oklahoma, in the 60s and early 70s, 3.2 beer was not an intoxicating beverage, so you could drink beer in your car and drive, and, and I did. There, there's even a ring on the center console of that car where I used to put my beer down by where the shit patterns the from. Anyway, as soon as we got it, we had any more reliable, had not rolled it off the truck, and she reaches back in the back, you know where the, the jack is, that little panel you can lift up the little carpeted panel. Oh yes sir. So right behind behind you know, Jack's behind the driver and the lead hammer and then on the other side behind the passenger, just a an empty space. It's a storage space. Mm-hmm. Right. So I told her I taken the plug, the rubber plug out of that. It's a drain plug. And I used to put my beer in there and I Ice. Yes. That was my <laughs> <laughs> and so she she pulled that back and looked and the plug's still gone and she said there it is <laughs> Just like you saw.
0: so how many horsepower was your igloo cooler <laughs>
4: 365 oh damn Lifter car. you know it, it, it was back in the day it was the, it was the car I mean it was, it well, was yeah. I how much I street raced it and did stuff I shouldn't have done of course first year for disc brakes on all corners and it was it, it is still special in my heart. It always will be. Yeah, if you think uh, I'm not talking
1: to my banker before I come down there, you're nuts. Yeah. <laughs> well,
4: guys, I'm selling it no reserve. I, I hope it would make me thrilled if you ended up with this thing because I know it being a good home. I, that's Amen. my only concern. I want someone to have it, to love it like I have, and, and it's just... Uh, now, it, it's original. I mean, it, the guy that I sold it to has resprayed it once. Other than that... Um, it, it is amazing. Gary, I'm so you're, proud to
1: have you're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> We've been speaking to Gary Bennett of Ritchie Brothers and Lake Collector Car Auctions uh, about their upcoming sale in Scottsdale, January 15th through the 19th. You can find all of the links for Gary, for Lake Auctions, for Ritchie Brothers, and uh, everything else associated with this at readthedriven.com. Gary, thanks so much for being with us again, and I'll see you next week in Scottsdale, young man.
4: Hey, I love you guys. Mark, thank you. Take care, guys, and thanks for this opportunity. Coming up here on
1: Driven Radio, we've got uh, John Cramon, consignment director at Mecham Auctions, here to talk about uh, Mecham's Kissimmee sale, what's going on in Florida this week. And, uh, you know, that uh, that Bullet Mustang is still coming up here in a couple of days. We need to ask him about that. All that and much more coming up on Driven Radio. Here at Driven Radio, all three of us have things that we do outside of the show. Corey has a really cool YouTube channel called Craving Cars. In fact, that's how Corey and I met. And, uh, Corey, could
5: you tell us a little bit more about what you do with Craving Cars? Craving Cars is, (gasps) is the deal. And it's just something that I started because I wanted to be around cars more often. And I didn't think it really required you to have riches in gobs of money where you've got garages full of cars in order to be part of that community. I just do it with a camera as opposed to showing up in really super
0: awesome cars. Yeah. So tell us about some of the stuff that ends up in these really cool Craving Cars videos. So one
5: of the things that uh, that I kind of uh, wanted to do with this was was bring the car culture and the community and all that stuff out to people who don't get a chance to make it to car shows and events and, uh, and, and things of that sort. So that's kind of what started it all. Something with it, something simple as just an auto show, and then I was like, "Well, I, I go to these things, I talk about the cars, and I uh, and I learn about them." I don't know why I don't do this in front of a camera. And now I've been uh, partial sponsors of shows and, and events, and have been uh, hired on for videographers for certain uh, rallies and things of that sort too. And it's been it's been great, and uh, it's growing. And
0: well, then how does somebody get hold of you to be able to uh, uh, get some of your services?
5: It's uh, cravingcars at gmail and if you look up craving cars. On YouTube? On YouTube and Facebook. So you technically can contact me through Facebook as well.
1: Corey, thanks so much for telling us a little bit about what you do. Yeah, my pleasure. Welcome back to Driven Radio. We're here with John Kraman, who is the... uh He's the consignment director at Meekum Auctions, and he's also the guy that we all see on uh, NBCSN, who does a lot of the commentating for all the Meekum auctions. Uh, John's a lifelong car aficionado. He's a muscle car expert, and uh, he's been the commentator for uh, Meekum for quite some time. He's been broadcast over two hundred hours of coverage every year. Oh my gosh, two hundred hours, man! That's 200. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Uh, w- without saying anything foul. <laughs> (laughs)
0: That's impossible. That could be be determined. (laughs) John's been
1: covering Meekum Auction Sale uh, down in uh, Kissimmee this week. And uh, it is the world's largest collector car auction. Uh, To put this in perspective for you, Mark, if you combined all the sales of all the auctions at Monterey, it still wouldn't be as many cars as they move. And that is insane. At Kissimmee. So, That's amazing. Uh, hey, John, how's the auction going this week?
2: Man, we are off to a great start. Uh, the lineup, uh, first of all, uh, is incredible. 3,500 cars, in and I'm talking inventory ranging pretty well over 100 years of automotive history. But price ranges, we've had... Uh, already, uh, and of course, the top cars haven't hit the block yet. The cars selling for as low as I think the lowest price car we had sell was eighteen hundred, and we've had we've had cars already sell for several hundred thousand dollars. But we are we are getting revved up for really the pinnacle, I guess, of of what Mecom Auctions since 1988 has been working towards, and that is uh, household name cars. The bullet Mustang, obviously, the big yeah. huge star. So much. Uh, press and, and excitement spanning, even going outside of the automotive environment into pop culture. Uh, this car is incredible. It is selling at no reserve and it is expected to fetch in the millions, multiple millions of dollars. We don't know what it's going to bring, but it's going to be crazy and. And uh, we're having a hard time staying focused on anything other than that. But so far, we're off to a roaring start. Another record auction looks like is well underway. We expect to hit in excess of $1 million in the sales of cars over the eleven. 11- days that this event goes it's simply incredible
0: you've got like two mustangs that are uh, superstars there because i also see uh for the uh uh the 67 ford mustang eleanor one of the original oh, 11 man. cars built for gone in 60 seconds
2: oh that's fantastic <laughs> Oh, man, it just continues to get better. You're right. This was the car that Nicolas Cage drove in the great, the 2000 version of Run drive. in 60 Seconds. And, of course, as we know, you know, the, the Eleanor, the Resto Mod, the the Mustang dress as a GT500, really has kind of put the Restomod uh, concept on the radar screen of car collectors. And now yeah. it's been, that movie's been out 20 years. It's kind of taken for granted now, but it was really the Eleanor car really, Put it, put it, in, put it into the forefront. But to take things even further, it, along the movie car culture, who hasn't seen the movie Christine with the 1958 Plymouth Fury? Oh my Everybody God. has great movies.
0: I just started drilling
2: the car. We have the car, <laughs> What? A replica, yes. not a 58 Fury that looks like it. We've got the exact car used in the movie. I'm not done yet. Who hasn't seen (laughs) Ford versus Ferrari? Have you guys seen it?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: Okay, did you enjoy Mm. the uh, uh, Ford uh, GT40 that uh, Christian Bale as Ken Miles drove in the movie? Did you enjoy that car? Of course you did. Uh, Yeah, we have that (laughs) car, the exact car used in the movie, still in the theaters. We've got that exact car. So four A-list, high-profile movie slash celebrity cars at this one option, and those are only four of 3,500 great entries unbelievable we had, we're proud can you tell <laughs> you think
1: <laughs> we had the Bullet Mustangs owner uh, Sean Kiernan on the show last week and yep. uh, what a what a gentleman oh he what a is. nice oh. guy uh, w- absolutely I'm kind of curious what do you think what's your personal prediction for that sale what do you think the car will go for
2: have been, that's been the, the biggest question out there uh, we've done some presentations I've worked with uh, Sean as well uh, in some high profile events uh, we had the car at SEMA on display there this year, and we also had the car at MACAC in the, the big muscle car and Corvette National Show in the Chicago area in November. And that's the number one question. I'm telling people my opinion, and it's just my one opinion. I want to get your guys' opinion on it too. I'm very curious to what you guys think it might bring. I'm thinking five to seven million.
1: What do you guys think? I have. Uh, I actually wrote uh, in a post that I had online uh, here this week that I thought six point five.
2: Wow. Ah, we're, okay.
1: And and uh, I my and the other thing I do in the car world is I'm an auction analyst for Sports Car Market and American Car Collector magazines. So I would like to th- – But the thing is, for that car, there are but no com- you, there are no comps.
2: It's right. There's just exactly, exactly.
1: So it's just me taking a stab at it. I'm thinking six and a half.
2: Yeah, well, you're right in there, right right about what I'm thinking it's going to bring. That's interesting that we're both kind of on the same page. Um, a couple of, I don't know, they're not comparables. There's no such thing. But, a, no. but a, a couple of cars that have been compared to this two in particular. Uh, first of all, the high bar for an American performance car from that era is the 1971 Plymouth Hemi. Cuda Convertible, Meekum sold it uh, in Seattle, I believe it was 2015, for $3.5 million. Sure. Uh, some people are thinking, well, this is going to bring more than that. And if you kind of stick in the Mustang world, the highest-selling Mustang at auction uh, was also at a Meekum auction. Uh, it was Mecham, uh Indy, the 1967 Super Snake, the car that Carroll Shelby built with a full-tilt 427 side oiler, out of a GT40, the car that actually raced at Le Mans, for Goodyear high-speed tire testing, known as a Super Snake, only one ever built. Mm-hmm. Uh, a real hot rod, cool car, a white car, 67. And that car brought $2.2 million. So we've got a couple of, let's say, performance-era sort of high-bar cars, and I think that the everybody's pretty much in agreement that the Bullet Mustang, despite the fact that the condition is, shall we say, it's it. just a nice way of saying it. it's a little rusty. Yeah, the owner um, was
0: pretty uh, pretty honest about uh, oh, uh, yeah, the condition it is what of it. Is. it.
1: But it, the the flip side of that is, one, this has got an intangible on it uh, in that uh, it's got Steve McQueen's fingerprints on it, and oh, man, and it? it's difficult to price what people. Well, it's difficult to figure out what price people will put on that level of cool. And so that's that's kind of tough to call, but I really think uh, it's it's going to be north of six, but not a ton. So, okay. Um, kind of curious, what trends and observations are you seeing out of the auction this year?
2: Yeah, it's you know it's just obviously early in the beginning of the new year. Um, Meacham Kissimmee is the first uh, of the major collector car auctions in January. Certainly, Scottsdale is going to be loaded with them coming up uh, here shortly. Um but really it's meekum traditionally, it's meekum Kissimmee being earlier that sets the stage and from what what we're seeing so far, um, is some very and I think this will be good news to some old school collectors Pretty astonishing prices on vintage Corvettes, Generation 1 and 2 Corvettes, (laughs) right now really doing very, very well, definitely on a resurgence. Um, Don't know if it's the uh, the announcement of the Generation 8 Corvettes, got Corvettes on everybody's mind. Um, or or exactly what the reason is, but uh, Corvette market very strong, represents about 10% of all the entries at any Meekum auction, by far the number one brand in quantity. And uh, so where you were sitting at, and then, of course, what everybody's been talking about uh, is certainly happening at Mecham Kissimmee right now as we speak, and that is the popularity, the volume, Pickup trucks, SUVs, four wheel drives, vintage, uh, 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 stock, restored, original, modified, doesn't matter. One of the, if not the fastest growing, one of the fastest growing segments there is. Honestly, guys, that one took me a by surprise. It's been going on for 10 years now, but it's continued to gain a head of steam. No end in sight for it. What do you guys think about the popularity of these trucks and SUVs on the auction box?
1: Uh, I just sold a very, very original super low mile and cleaner than clean 1990 Bronco that I had for five years. I managed to put some miles on and it left me with a tidy chunk of change in my pocket after it found a new owner. So uh, it's... uh, you're right and it's true i it's it's in practice i I can point to my own experience well
0: that's like I'm looking right now at uh one of the vehicles that has not gone to auction quite yet but is in the lineup uh what is this this is a 86 Chevy Silverado uh that you've got coming out with the big tires on it and it's got a 468. In it, this is a—that's a little not stock. (laughs) No, it's not a three-quarter ton uh, HD. The thing is just huge, and I we talked about this in a previous show is uh, about the idea that these these new collectors these younger yeah. people that are coming in I mean how many of us we were just talking about it off-mic before we were recording this about uh, some of the vehicles when we were kids and my older brother's you know uh, friend with his 63 uh, Merck yeah. uh, breezeway and how I want one and um, it's stuff that was cool when they were little. Yeah, these are the ones that this newer generation coming into money remembers. Yeah. So uh, you've got the the definitely the the classic uh, muscle cars, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that are are kind of perennially popular. But this new generation, what's the stuff that's their memory makers, the stuff that they are willing to pay nostalgia dollars for? It's this 80s crap. Yeah, it's, it's I stuff love that's, it. That's, that's stuff I think it's fantastic. 30, 35 years old is starting to come into its own. No, it, it scares me for the ones when it's in the 90s, because my mom's 95 uh, uh, Ford <laughs> 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 Taurus. I don't think you've got to worry about that. Just, I don't think you got to worry about
1: that. I'm that's,
0: crossing oh my, my fingers. Don't the, think that's ever going to be a concern be the most you. shamefaced thing i do if that'll go for 20k but you know, i'll do it
1: <laughs> we're speaking to john cram consignment director for Meekum auctions and we're discussing the Kissimmee auction uh you know one of the the other really super cool <laughs> things you've got coming up this week is the challenger two streamliner uh, wow that, and yeah I, I was trying to explain to mark uh, i was trying to tell him more about that car can you give him a bit of a rundown
2: yeah, this is, I mean, this is this is a great American story. There should be a movie made over this story. Uh, we go all the way back to 1968 with a car that was made to set the world land speed record. Uh, the speed king himself, Mickey Thompson, who's had more speed records and more different classes than, than anybody else, built a car under cooperation with Ford Motor Company in 1968, running two Ford 427 uh, overhead cam engines, known as the Cammers. And uh, the car was very fast, Bonneville. 1968, um, uh, but did not set any speed records. In 1969, Ford Motor Company pulled uh, out of the sponsorship of the car. Mickey just set it aside and and uh, thought that he would get to it someday, uh, wasn't going to be forgotten, was going to get to it someday, nothing happens until 1988, and he gets a hold of his son, Danny Thompson, and says, Danny, it's time to get the two Challenger 2 out Let's see if we can go after the land speed record. What do you say? And Danny couldn't have been happier. It was his lifelong dream to work with his dad, for Danny to drive his dad's car to beat the world speed record. They start working on the car. Two months later, Danny Thompson gets assassinated in the front yard of his house. Business deal gone bad. um, Professional hitmen took out uh, Mickey Thompson, and the car got put once again. Danny was devastated. Car gets put on the back burner. He decides in his mid-60s, now Danny's in his mid-60s, decides he wants to get this car out and see if he can do it. So Ford 427 engines were long gone. He built a couple of dry block Chrysler 500-cubic-inch Hemi engines Whoa. running on fuel. No radiator. Basically what? a top-fuel yeah. dragster engine without the supercharger a, a running on nitro.
1: Dry block Dry means block. it doesn't have any water jackets in it. It doesn't have any radiator. doesn't have any antifreeze. It's cooled All by true. the nitromethane that it's burning, and that's it. All Good true. Lord.
2: All true. All correct. Ultra risky. Bring it to the fast forward. Take a long story. Make it very short. It's mission accomplished. In 2018, 50 years after the completion of the car, Danny Thompson at Bonneville hits the record at 758 miles per hour, setting the world land speed record in his dad's car 50 years after the car was done. Now Danny's 70 years old. As we speak, Danny's 70 years old. He's made a very difficult decision to put the car in the market, sell the car, try to recover some of the investment that he spent to refurbish the car and get it up to the record-setting pace. And that's one of the cars going to be crossing the block at Necom Kissimmee.
1: So you all have extraordinary stuff down there. What are some of the other featured lots that have caught your eye?
2: Well, there's a collector known to performance car enthusiasts around the world by the name of tim wellborn tim is Mm -hmm. known as mr mopar has always has the finest high performance mopars from the 60s early 70s and once again for the third time um he has entrusted a very impressive group of high performance mopars 446 packs hemi cars real documented cars restored cars low mileage cars high option cars unusual color cars He is the number one Mopar connoisseur on the planet, and he's brought another great big collection of cars to sell. Michael Fuchs, also known throughout the world as a connoisseur of late model exotics, new exotic cars, bringing once again for the fourth time a huge collection out of his massive group of cars of late model exotics, Ferrari, Lamborghini, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, including the star a McLaren Senna, serial number two, a five hundred built. McLaren owns number one. He got number two. It's at Meekum Kissimmee along with more exotics and uh, late model hypercars than you can imagine. And the list just goes on and on. Over twenty distinct collections. We've got some of the best vintage guitars on the planet selling at this auction as well. It just it's really an extravaganza. The people that have attended the auction in person have a chance to look at the variety of the memorabilia, what we call road art, the guitars, the cars, even motorcycles. It's it's an event unlike anything that's ever seen. We've got an entertainment stage. There's bands. There's cooking shows. We've got entertainers that are walking around doing. There's
1: nothing all you kinds can't of tricks,
2: do. Stuff for the kids. Um, this has turned into a, a to a. A pop culture celebration.
1: Nothing you can't do at the Mecham auction. Okay, final question for you, John. We're going to put you on yeah. the spot. If you could okay. take any one of these home, oh, anything from the entire sale, what would you do? What would you take? Oh,
0: man. That's hard.
2: First, uh-huh. <laughs> that is my cruel. First, my first reaction, which I'm going to go with, my first reaction uh, is a real bonafide, honest to goodness, 1967, Shelby Cobra, 427 Shelby Cobra, worth in excess of $1 million. That really has been sort of my ultimate car since I was a kid growing up in California in the 1960s. Uh, And that car was the first thing that came to mind when you had asked that question. But after reflecting on it a bit it would have to be that bullet mustang. It would have to be to have that, and to have that as part of a collection, to be able to enjoy and look at every day, that would be awful hard to beat.
1: I can't say that I blame you one bit. The Mecham yeah. Kissimmee auction is going on right now. It will conclude Sunday, January 12th. Later this month, Meekum will hold the world's largest vintage motorcycle auction, taking oh. place January 21st through the 26th at the South Point Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. We've been speaking with John Craman, Consignment Director at Meekum Auctions. You can find all of the social media links for Mecham and John on www.readthedriven.com. John, thanks so much for being being with us this evening on Driven Radio.
2: Oh, man, my pleasure, guys. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do. We wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our audience. You can find us online at readthedriven.com. Follow us on Facebook at forward slash Driven Radio Show, on Twitter at Driven Radio Show, and everywhere find podcasts are heard. Like we said earlier Kmart, Walmart, <laughs> Venture, hardware's from Denny's. Yeah. Denny's that, that circle booth at Denny's, yeah, man. Yeah, I love the circle booth. Uh, I am Brett Hatfield here for Corey Pratt, hey. Mark L. Groves, what? and uh, all of the uh, fine family here at Driven Radio. Thanks for listening and we will see you next time.